All right, good morning. And uh, let me welcome everybody here, and let me welcome everybody who's uh, tuning in online. Thanks for being here. We're doing our series um, in Genesis called In the Beginning, and um, I'm going to do a quick review, and then we'll, we'll dive into today's subject. But this is uh, taking a look at the, the first chapter of Genesis, and Genesis 1-1 says, uh, In the beginning, God created right? In the beginning, God created. And so um, when, we, when we look at Genesis 1, we get an idea that everything that we have, everything that we experience, everything that we know, that we see around us had intention. It was started. And it has purpose and has meaning. And at the end of the chapter, God said, it's good. It's good. It's good. So one of the things that we've been trying to recognize in this series is just very simply this. Life itself is a gift. Every single day is a precious gift. And one of the greatest things that we can do every single day is wake up and say thank you. Just when you soon as you get out of bed, just say thank Now, how many of you have a lot of other things that you want to say? Like, all oh, my back and all oh, my knees and... I'm hungry. I, I mean, and, and why is the temperature that we go to the small stuff? But let's start with the big stuff. Let's start every single day with you know what? Today is a gift from God. Thank you for today. That life itself is a gift. And not only that, but what we're going to talk about today is that God made us, and then uh, it says He made humans in His image. And in his likeness. And so we know that every human being is made in the image of God and has value. Value that doesn't go up or value that doesn't go down. Very important. Very important, right? Some of you, you have with your children, they have good days and bad days. Anybody? They have good months and bad months, right? Let's be honest. Good years and bad years. Like, come on, let's end this year. But this is the truth. Their value doesn't go up or down. It doesn't change. You just got to give a little more support or a little more help or a little more guidance or a little more patience or whatever it is, a little more direction, correct? But their value doesn't change. The value of every human being does not go up or down. So we are made in the image of God. Now, today, I want to talk about God's blessing, right? God's blessing. This is a word that gets used all the time. I'm going to use this word all the time. God bless you. When we use it when people sneeze, it's, just, it's, a, it's a phrase that's just so used so often that like a lot of words, they, they can lose their meaning. Okay? They, we use a word so much that it can lose its meaning. So in Genesis 1, verse 28, it says this. God has been created, creating, creating. And as we learn, Genesis 1 is a poem, and Genesis 2 is a different account. They're two different accounts of the creation story, and we'll go into it later. We're going to get into chapter 2 and talk about that. But the first part is this poetic rhythm, right? And it was evening and morning the first day, and then God says it's good, and he repeats this. And when when we get to the creations of, of humankind, it says God blessed them. He blessed them. Now you have to understand, this is written 
One of the things that we're going to learn in the Genesis series is why and when Genesis was actually written. Permit me. They're trying to say something here to the original readers. All right? You and I get a lot of benefit. We read scripture and sometimes you benefit and sometimes you get confused. But it's, we read it and the first thing that you and I like to do is to go, what's in this for me? Is that why you do it? Like, what's in it for me? Like how you teach your kids not to live their life, right? But you open the Bible and you go, what's in it for me? What's God saying to me? What promise can I claim? What thing can I do? But just for a minute, who was this originally intended for? And what were they supposed to read? So what we know now, and you could do your own research on this, but, you know, years ago you were taught that, you know, Moses wrote all of these words down and they've been referred to as the books of Moses. I don't have time for a long argument and you can believe that and that's fine and we'll all get along. But really what scholarship's teaching us now is that these books were put together during the exile. I taught you about that last week. If you missed it, go back and review. The exile is the low point in Israel's history. If you're watching a movie, that's when, you know, that's when, you know, Adrian's like sick in bed and Rocky's there at her bedside and it looks like it's all going to fall apart. That's that part of the movie. It's that part of the movie when it looks like it's not going to go. It's not going to work. And if you follow the story of the scriptures, follow the big story, we often get locked into the little sub-stories, don't we? The story of Jacob, the story of this. But there's a big story. And the big story is this nation of people were slaves, family of Abraham. They leave Egypt. They wander in the wilderness, and they go into a promised land. And then after the promised land, they're disobedient, and so they're taken into exile. And we read those scriptures about how you know the king's eyes were poked out. And before his eyes were poked out, they killed his sons in front of his eyes. So that was the last thing that he saw. What a movie clip. We don't even read this movie. What a movie clip. The last thing you're going to see is me killing your sons. Ugh, ugh. And then they rip his eyes out. You should read the Bible. This is designed to say this is the low point of the story. And then they go off and they're carried off into Babylon. And if I have time during the series, I'm going to take you on a journey of Babylon. Will you come to church that Sunday if I just take you on a journey of Babylon? Will you come, three of you? All right, maybe we'll have to do an after. I will if, you, if you'll come. But, you know, some of you won't come and you'll be all... Anyway, why do you have to do this? But if this is true, if what we're learning is true, that... that they were trying to do something that the original reason that we have this now to enjoy and to benefit and learn from and to be inspired by was because they were trying to do something for those people who were taken into Babylon. How could you describe... Maybe the best way to think of Babylon is this in the Bible. Let's say you got transferred to Boston and you're a Lions fan. And you have a child in Boston. And this young child grows up and everyone talks about the glory of Belichick and Brady. And you got the little Lions jersey and you're trying to keep it on him. And, and, and he starts talking to his buddies and he's going to little parties in Boston. There's a Chuck E. Cheese in Boston. And all of his friends are wearing what? Tom Brady jerseys. And so he comes home one day to your shock and horror in a Tom Brady jersey. And you pull him aside and you say, son, we are not patriots. We are what? Lions. 
lions. You're trying to keep his roots, his identity. Was that a bad example, or does that help you understand? This is how we got the Bible. They were in captivity, they were losing their identity, and they needed to keep it together. This is actually what we believe now, how we have the scriptures. So they were trying, this was what they told their kids. Barah, right? Barah, God created. This is a gift from our God. We talked about how the land is very key in this story. Why is the land? If you were here, if you missed it, you got to watch last week. But why was it key? Because they were out of the land. It would be as if we were writing a book for this young child or telling stories, this young child, and we kept talking uh, about Belle Isle and the Ambassador Bridge. And why? Because you want them to stay connected and hopeful that we won't die in Boston. All right, I try to mix metaphors for you, but hopefully you get an understanding. This is why we have the Bible. And God blessed them. Now you, you read it, and I read it, and you're like, you can think of 38 preachers that you've heard a sermon about blessing on and, and all what blessing means, but what did they hear? What did they hear thousands of years ago when writing just started to come into existence? They heard, there's a God that blesses? All they had heard in Babylon, Boston, is you worked for God. All their stories, because your kids go into school and mixing with these other kids, they start hearing those stories. They start picking that up. And their story went like this. The gods, you know, they got tired of all the work of creating They have their own stories about God working to create. And they're so exhausted. They make humans just to serve the gods. Do you see how revolutionary the Bible is? This is a story that says, no, actually, God did all this work. And he gave it to us to enjoy. And he says, now, rule it. Yes, there is work for us to do. We work with him. But it says that God blessed. And that's when everybody went. What did you say? We hear that all the time. Oh, God blessed me with this. God blessed me with a job. God bless. How many have heard this a million times in your life? The first time they heard that, everybody went, he did what? He blessed them? Search me on this. The word bless is the same word that they use for kneel. Hebrew word, kneel. What do you kneel for? A few things. To give honor, to give reverence. You remember when the, the Christ child is born? They came and they knelt down and they offered their gifts. Chris, you're pushing it now. I'm leaving this church. You're telling me God knelt? I'm telling you God blessed. And I don't know how good your Hebrew is. I don't know. But God saw something so special after he created humankind that he blessed them. This was a revolutionary type of God. 
They were saying, don't buy into this Babylonian system. We have a whole new kind of God. A kneeling God. A blessing God. Some of you are saying, no, no, Chris, I don't know if you have this story right. Venture into the New Testament. You'll see the same shock and awe. The same shock and awe at a scene that we call the Last Supper. On a Thursday. Right? Jesus gathers the disciples together. And they're sharing their traditional Jewish Passover meal together. And Jesus does again the shock and awe when after the meal is finished, Jesus takes a towel, wraps it around his waist, and he bends down, John 13, verse 5, and he begins to wash his disciples' feet. Immediately, what did they say? You're not supposed to do that. As soon as I said, this is the God who kneels, a bunch of you said, nope, you're wrong, you're wrong. We kneel to him, he doesn't kneel to us. Are you sure? I didn't say you're superior to God. I said that there's something unique and different, and the thing that we've missed in the whole story is the shock and awe. It was the same shock, and Peter got up and said, never, Lord, you'll never wash my feet. Remember? And Jesus said, unless I do, you will have no part with me. I will serve you. I insist on it. A God who insists on serving. Have you ever done this? You ever gone to someone's house for dinner and they make a meal for you and then you get up to do the dishes? You say, let me carry it. No. You ever gotten this from some? Have you? No. I insist. Huh? The other day I was with beautiful friends in the church that had, had for dinner and get up to... No. Sit there. I'm here to serve you. Do you know how radical this idea is that God blesses us? No one had ever heard of a God that would do something like this. Then along comes Jesus. Right? And they're trying. It's kind of like when Jesus comes, it's kind of like the disciples are in the closest circle and people in general, they love what he's talking about. They love what he's teaching, but no one totally really gets it. And he keeps trying with his inner circle and the disciples to explain what he's about. But this was the moment, this meal, when he gets a towel and he gets down on his knees and he takes his disciples. Now, this wasn't some symbolic weird thing. Because you and I were like, why would you do that? I mean, if you started washing my feet at your house, I'd be a little creeped out. I've got to be honest with you, right? So let's just say that, all right? So don't put it in our context. This was something that happened all the time in their culture. Your feet were always needing to be washed because you didn't have socks and shoes. You walked around in sandals of some sort. And your feet were always like dusty and dry and caked it was just part of their culture and you always were having your feet washed it's just what you did so it wasn't weird like a weird event it was a normal event but the shock was the fact that that's what the servants did and there's jesus on his knees always ready to shock somebody you misunderstood the kind of 
Lord that I am. And this went right along with his message. So he knelt down and he blessed them. I'd like to say a couple of things about God's blessing. First and foremost is this. Every single day, we should thank God for blessing us. We shouldn't equate it to, oh, I got this promotion and I got this and, and, and put a, you know, like a barometer next to it. To be alive and to be breathing and to, and to look at the beautiful sky. And it's all a blessing. And so as the, as the old song goes, count your blessings, right? Count them. Name, remember, you may know this old song? Name them one by one. That's a, what a great exercise. God, I thank you for this. You've blessed me here. You've blessed me there. You've done this for me. Isn't it true if you're a parent that you realize that kids can never count their blessings? They can't even begin to... Un- it's true. I mean, you're not trying to be critical because you were the child too at one point. You just don't, you don't get it. You know, you, wait, wait a minute, you don't get it. You don't get that I had to pay for this car that you just wrecked and now you're asking me to insure and take out of the ditch and put new tires on. And, and that's just so you can get to the thing you can spend more money. That, that's just to get you to the place where you can spend more money. In other words, they're complaining about the money that they can't spend and you're worried about the car that you just had to insure and fix and repair and anybody close to what I'm saying here. They have no clue. They just haven't woke up to it yet. But we're the same. We're the same with God, aren't we? We assume I got a good heart and I have lungs and I got legs and those are all givens. I just need a job and a hot date and seven other things. No? Am I close? In other words, we put these in the blessing category, right? These are the givens. And may I say the givens are the blessing? The fact that you're here, this is a blessing. You start to realize, you know, I'm, I am blessed. I really am. In the scriptures, James says it this way, every good and perfect gift, it comes from above. You start to realize that what I have is actually a gift. It's a blessing. Now, in, in Genesis 1, if we had time to really digest it, you would find this rhythm. But there were three days of God shaping, and then there were three days more of the creating story, and then there's the day of rest. You remember this, right? So in the first three days, God is shaping and forming, and it, 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 it's, you know, it's separating water from water. So how they viewed it, this is what they viewed like uh, the, 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 the world or the universe was like. From their vantage point, you know, pre-scientific era, this is how they viewed it. It was kind of like, anybody have a snow globe? Anybody, like you shake up, all right? All right, except... In, this, in their viewpoint, the, the, the globe was air and water was above and below. That's just how they thought, just so you know. So when they looked up and saw the sky, this is just what they thought back in those days. They just thought there was like this dome, right? When you see, you, you see the word expanse in Genesis 1-1, right? It's this, it's this and, and the, how many remember this word for, if you have a King James? The firmament, anybody? Old school church? Is anybody old school church? Firmament. Right? So, vaulted dome. Good translation. Lexington Bible translate. 
vaulted dome. So what they, they thought was like there was this dome holding the water back. The blue up there was water to them. And there was a dome. This is what they thought. So they said that let there be a separation, right? So let there be an air pocket. And there's water above and there's water below. That's just what they thought. And then they says, and then there's water that gets separated from this side so that land could appear. So it was separating. It was forming. And then after the three days of forming, God starts filling. This is important. Forming and then what? Filling. Forming and then filling. You can't fill something until you've formed it. You can't put something in until there's something to, to hold, to contain it. I was trying to think, of what would be the best way? To, oh, I, I think I have something here. Uh, yeah. What's the best way for Orchard Grove family to grasp the Genesis creation story of Genesis 1? And all I could think of was a waffle. All right? That's all I could think of. First three days, God is forming. Right? He's forming. He's making something that can hold something. Anybody with me? How many would just love to sample this waffle right now? <laughs> and now you got the little pockets. This is a nice waffle. And, and it can, it, it, and so God shoves the, the water over here and he shoves and dry land appears. And he puts the water above and the water below. And now, now it's ready to what? Somebody say, fill her up. Huh? Now, how do you do yours? Anybody? Do you do all the pockets individually? Anybody? So, now that it's been formed, you can what? You can fill it. I want to give you one little thing here. There are a lot of people that pray prayers, God, fill my life. God, fill my life. God, give me this. God, pour this into my life. But they haven't prayed the first prayer. God, form me. God, make me into the person that you want me to be. Is it true? God, form me first. How many parents have ever done this? How many have ever poured the syrup before there were the pockets? Huh? Anybody? Like... The kids off to college and just money's just going everywhere, right? So in the beginning there was batter. It was just batter. Read it again; it's there. It was there was this watery just it was there was nothing. There was no substance. There was nothing to. So it's not going to hold anything. Formation is a huge part of a person's life. Where their character is formed. Ask anybody that's seriously into education. And if they're serious and honest. If they're serious and honest in the field of education. They will tell you this. Moral character. Is one of their biggest problems. Because you can give all the information in the world. But if there is no formation of character. You're just dumping it in a sieve. So God forms, and then he fills. He forms, and then he fills. We need to say a prayer before the prayer of God, give me syrup. Huh? We've all done the give me syrup prayer, haven't we? 
God, fill her up. I need a job. Oh, I need money. Oh, I need so much money. Bless me, Lord. Bless me. But we don't often do, you know, dent me, dent me out. Bump me out. Get me in shape. Get me ready to receive. Get my heart pliable. Get my mind right. Get my heart there so I can, what? Contain these blessings so I can continue, multiply, give fruit, give life to others. See, God has a plan, an order. It's to make us fruitful. But oftentimes we get the prayer switched around. And it's the prayer, just the syrup prayer. More, God, there's more. Huh? How many of you ever, you, you give your kids a bunch of money and it just went, shh. And I just turn right around and go, could I have a little bit, what, a little bit more of that stuff? And then you go, yeah, yeah, sure, you know, sure. Because you're your kids, you know, you're like, hey, sure. And after a while, you go, you know, maybe we ought to have a talk about what's happening with that stuff. In other words, formation, it's huge. Formation is character stuff for us humans. It's the stuff that says, you know, God could give you and give you and give you and give you. But at some point, you've got to let God shape you and change you and make you and mold you so that you're ready to receive whatever he has to give. You remember the story of Joseph? You remember all the stuff that Joseph went through? And by the end of his life, he ends up next to Pharaoh. Probably the second most, in, in, the, in that story, he would be the second most powerful person in the world. That's a lot of power. But what did he have to go through to get there? He went through a lot of rejection and loss and suffering and this. And so listen, listen, I know we don't like this part. What? How many here, like, just, Chris, give me the shortcut to blessing and prosperity and happiness and syrup. These are our prayers. These are our prayers. But what we know, what we know is that when we lose, we learn. When we lose, we learn. Now, if you've been around Orchard Grove, you know what a fan I am of positive words and reinforcement and loving on our kids and saying good things about them. If you've been around, you know this, okay? But let me say one more thing. (laughs) Hey, keep it real, man. You know what I mean? We've gotten the culture where it's gone so far that now, and we have the, the, the classic, everybody gets a ribbon thing. You might know what I'm talking about. And so you never, you never lose anything. You never lose. And I understand the spirit. It's the same spirit that you feel. It's like, I don't want to make this kid feel bad. I don't want, I, you never intentionally make a kid feel bad. You never talk down to him. And you don't call him a loser. But sometimes they lose. Life lets you down sometimes. And to take, listen to me very carefully, to take that lesson away from them is to rob them of something that will form character inside of them. It just hurts. Life just happens that way. Sometimes you don't get what you want, but listen, listen. when you lose, you learn. 
just is. The difficulty of forming us is that we don't like to lose and therefore we aren't able to learn. We just want to skip to the syrup. As we, um, you know, close the service today, here's what I'd like for us to think about. As we talked about last week, this isn't a science book. This is, this is a, this is inspired. So don't read it for the wrong stuff, but read it for the right stuff. And let, let God speak to us. Though it was old and ancient and meant for a certain thing, certainly we don't want to twist it, but we want to let it breathe. And if we could let it breathe today, I think one of the things that we'd have to be clear is this. God is the author of what is good. And all of us want good in our life. But being formed is difficult because you get pushed around a little bit. That's what it means to be formed. This gets shoved over here and that gets shoved over here. Someone's going to get pushing on your character. Someone's going to get pushing on you. And you're going to want to push back. Right? No, 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 no. That's our culture. That's the American culture. The pushback. But ask anybody that has a lot of character. And they will tell you the stories of loss, of hardship, of not getting their own way. There's something powerful about not getting your own way. Mm. And parents love, 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 love on those kids. And build them up and build them up and build them up. But don't put them in a bubble where they never experience a loss. I know it's hard. Where they never experience any difficulty. Because that's where the stuff is formed in them that can make them ready to receive the syrup. The good stuff. Man. It says, Psalm 103, that he fills our life. He fills our life with good things.